So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Trisha Gunawardner. I'm a cardiology registrar, so I'm specialising in intervention. And it's just us two this week. Why, why is it only us two this week? What's going on, Trisha? You tell me, man. You're on holiday. So, you know, this is just uh, just flexy time, isn't it? Just, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah. I mean, whilst you're like sunning yourself off in the Maldives. Jeez, wow. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm all the way in uh, Frome. Um, and I was actually all the way in Devon uh, during the weekend, actually, with one of our mutual friends um, mm. who we went on elective with. So we were meant to be surfing and the whole surf thing didn't happen because the next morning we woke up and the weather was absolutely atrocious and i just thought yeah. no not happening absolutely not yeah fair enough yeah yeah it's terrible now as well isn't it so we've got all those kind of windy warnings and stuff how are you going to make it back what are you going to do yeah i don't know i'm I, i'm trying to delay my way back actually um, because i'm meant to be checking out this airbnb um by 10 a.m tomorrow but um yeah apparently it's like red warning between 7 and 12 so I'm, i've messaged the guy but he hasn't replied to me by the way the place i'm staying is very very lovely i might actually link it in the description in case anyone is interested in check, staying here it's really it's just a nice looking place um and mm. the guy's actually really nice the the person that is um that we're staying who owns the place uh, is a really really nice guy and stuff so um i'd highly recommend it what have you been up to? Mate, I mean, I just didn't do very much. Well, I, as you might have seen from my Twitter feed, I was trying to get into a bit of walking. I'm not really a walking person or walking holiday yeah. kind of person. You don't have the right footwear for that. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, I really don't. And that's the thing, I never thought of this stuff. I know it didn't cross my mind. I was like, yeah, go for a walk. What's the big deal? And then you're slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah, it was a complete mess. Uh, I think I've lost two trainers doing this. And I finally bought some boots from Sainsbury's and I actually got <laughs> tweeted by, um, you see, that I got tweeted by Blue Light Card. Have you got a Blue Light Card? No. Mate, a blue light card is a really great thing. It's um, discount. I, I, they should sponsor us for saying this. Uh, they, <laughs> um, it's like a, a membership card, and you get loads of discounts. You get like free Krispy Kremes on a Wednesday. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. It's like it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and you get like Kew huh. Gardens access for like really cheap things like that. So um, it's uh, it's very and good. You just what is it for NHS workers? Or yeah, for like any anyone who works in the public sector. So doctors, nurses, okay. policemen, firemen, you know, anyone like that. So uh, they tweeted at me as well about the boots, saying I should have used their blue card to uh, to get some boots uh, to do my walking. Yeah. But yeah, clearly a London boy out of out of. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair home. enough. I know you didn't actually mean the segue, but mm. it does. There is a tweet from um, Rohan which was about uh, <laughs> shoes in the house. <laughs> yes. I, just, uh, I was interested to yeah. know what you think about it because I remember when I came to yours, mm. you didn't. I mean, we just took our shoes off because that's what you do. Mm. But I was. I wondered what you thought about it. So Rohan tweeted on um, on the tenth of February. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, um, so you're taking a screenshot. Here's why I'll be keeping my shoes on in your shoeless home. Mm. And, I mean, that's like a travesty amongst Asian people, isn't it? Wearing shoes yeah. into the house. Or is that for you? Or? Well, you know what? When I, In fact, when I came to the Airbnb, the guy was like, yeah, you don't have to take your shoes off. And I thought, no, mate, I'm going to be staying here. I'm going to be taking the shoes off, yeah? So I took the shoes yeah. off and I thought, I didn't think much of it. And then this tweet came about. And I was thinking, like, I thought that's what everyone does. I mean, because you're walking around yeah. outside, you're stepping on all sorts of well, stuff that, you know, especially dog stuff that's lying around. It happens. You don't <laughs> want to be walking onto yeah. your carpets with these shoes, do you? I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. You know what? It's funny because it's actually a bit of a bugbear because like, Joe's a real clean freak and she has the floors are really, really tidy. And um, mm. it's, it's funny because her parents, whenever they come over, they just traipse around their house in their Jesus sandals. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, and no. it's like... <laughs> You're literally like you. You've you lived with her, <laughs> like you know what. Like you must know how much you're vexing her. And literally, they're just like trips through their house. They're kind of like uh, 
for their sandals and their socks. Oh, what, what is that about? It's like, a, it's like an ongoing <laughs> thing. And to a point well, where Lily has actually said to them, uh, granddad, grand, you know, nanny, can you take hmm. your shoes off? And she's pointed out to them, but they still keep doing it. It's amazing. It's an ongoing wow. thing. I'll keep you updated as to how that situation develops. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's going to go very well. But no, the, the interesting thing about this article is clearly, you know, someone's got a bit of a bee in their bonnet about like wearing shoes. But I thought that's quite a nice, respectful thing to do. You know, yeah. when you come to someone's house, you ask them like, should I take my shoes off? And yeah. I always do, even if they say, no, 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 don't worry, don't bother. I like, no, trust me, I don't know where my feet have been. So yeah, like, exactly. No and it's more comfortable walking, yeah. walking around in your socks, surely. Mm. Yeah, it's um yeah that was an that was an interesting one and yeah I guess it does relate a little bit to my my um odd choice of footwear uh, during my, <laughs> during my holidays. Yeah. So are you like really into walking now? Is it so, is it sold for you? Or are you going to be like going on hiking holidays from now on? Is that uh, the thing now? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I still like going to Dubai um, and chilling <laughs> there. But, <laughs> you know, I don't understand why people don't like Dubai. I love Dubai. I know I know what people are, oh, you know, it's got no culture. But that's what I love about it. There is no culture. There is nothing to it. Just a bit of great food, great places to chill. Everything is very, very fake about it. It's mm. just brilliant. I love that place. And so child friendly. It's amazing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I still like my um, chilling holidays, um, but I won't be averse to it. So if Thrusha, you ever said to me, hey, man, should we go on a walking holiday? I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I might just do that. I might just yeah, do that. Enough. Maybe. Maybe. Fair enough. And yeah. you've got the shoes now, so that's perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're okay, these shoes, I guess. They they were they're okay. Um anyway, yeah, should we move anyway, on? So yeah, let's move on. What's been what's been going on on uh, Med Twitter? I feel like a lot has gone on on Med Twitter. I haven't yeah. been as active as usual because I've been away, but yeah. phew, man, there were some big subtweets. Loads yeah. of subtweets. Hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um where should we start? Well, I mean, I think there's the kind of big one that ended up kind of um, generating a lot of memes and things. And I think we'll probably get to that closer to the end. Mm, But I think there's an ongoing theme that we were talking about beforehand, really, weren't we? About our public personas and whether Mm. that really relates to how we actually behave as human beings. And, you know, what is Mm. that about? And Shivani kind of quote tweets a tweet that then has been deleted. So I guess because maybe it kind of got back to the person that they're subtweeting. But it was basically about Mm. someone who practices the whole kind of like be kind thing in their Twitter Mm. persona. But then Mm. in real life, they're just absolute, absolute knobheads. So... Mm. Um, and I guess the so the question Shivani asks on the twelfth of February is: people who do this, so people who kind of pretend to be all nice on Twitter, do they have insight into the fact that they're projecting fake niceties on Twitter versus in real life, or do they really have no mm. clue? What do you think? Well, Thrusha, I have to agree with what you said here, and I'm going to read it out. Everyone is a hero in their own story. I reckon they have. Uh, sleeping <laughs> excuses for their behaviour, no insight, and I think they behave better on Twitter as it flattens the hierarchy. They should aspire to be more like their Twitter profile rather than play pretend. I completely agree with you, mate. I mean, but the thing is, like, um, I was thinking about asking you, like, okay, if we take a step back, what is a quintessential med Twitter uh, doctor that we're trying that is often portrayed that we kind of feel is not true? So we've got someone that doesn't care about pay. Yeah, like to stay late, right? They uh, they don't see a hierarchy. They um, they they're willing to do anything and everything in in the hospital. Uh, very very respectful to juniors, seniors, everyone in the hospital, and um, 
Well, I guess that's the perfect that's a perfect uh, med Twitter thing. That's what people are aspiring to to show themselves to be. Is that what's going on? Because mm. that's what it feels like when I'm when I'm reading through this. Like sometimes I'll be like, "Come on, I don't think I've ever met anyone like this mm. Not in my entire existence of being a doctor. Have I ever met anyone who's got all of these all of these values that are consistently talked about and promoted mm. the whole way through?" What, what about do, you? When they when they do that though, I mean, what do you win? Apart from likes and followers on Twitter, which you can't monetize, right? So what do you really win by kind of creating that? You can't monetize that? I thought Zach was getting the big bucks. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> With all his likes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe. Russell. And yeah. Russell, yeah. The like farms. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think maybe it's convincing yourself that you're, you're like this. I don't know. Because you're right. I mean, I... I'd be very surprised if people are really like this in real life, you know, because I think Russell does really good tweet. Uh, I thought it was really hilarious that he said he was kind of implying that he went to Sainsbury. Someone asked him where something was. And he went to and because, you know, he doesn't believe in hierarchy and <laughs> yeah, yeah. something is not his job. He's gone and he's been there since 730 in the morning and, you know, and he's been doing the shelves and all the rest of it. But that's what it feels like. And I mean, look, I do think there is I'm not saying there's there, I think there's a difference here. Right. There are some things that are just not your job. That's just it. That's the way it is. There are some things that are not your job. It's not about being better than anyone or not being beneath anyone or any of those things. There's some things that are just not you're trained to do. You're not, you're not, you never went in to do in the first place. They're just some that things that are just not your job. Yeah. And I'm not talking about audits we can talk about later and all the rest of it. I'm talking about, um, I don't know, like cleaning the floor or something like that. Yeah. I'm not saying they're beneath you. The difference may be in your attitude towards those kind of people. So if you're the kind of person that walks in and actually looks down on someone who cleans the floor or looks down on a nursing staff on it, that's the issue. It's not saying that it's beneath you in terms of work to do. No, there is no job that's beneath you. They're just some job, some things that are just not your job. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I find really bizarre because. I guess it shows you know, like how yeah. far back this goes that that tweet the, the kind of tweet you're referencing is a subtweet of another tweet and that's the subtweet of another tweet because originally <laughs> i think i think the kind of um the the germ cell tweet and all of that was a tweet mm. which was by i think a nurse character who tweeted something that said something along the lines of um i think it's about junior doctors or something and um mm. saying not my job is not an acceptable thing to say and if you say that around me i'll lose my mind or something along the, that and i got a lot of like replies because i think it's one of those kind of pithy things that people say They'll, it's kind of it's almost fashionable i'm not sure if that's the right word really but it kind of seems okay ish to kind of punch that it seems like it's okay because the direction of punching is apparently down on junior doctors mm. to say punching up even to say that like um they're acting above their station and they act like they're too important to say stuff and then mehul replied or at least did another tweet saying me learning to say that's not my job is how i survived seven years mm. of being a medical registrar <laughs> and mostly evaded burnout. Yeah, I don't make tea or dip urines very often because I want to focus on getting my work done so I can leave work on time and focus on life. And I think that's very common as a medical registrar. And, and that really mm. resonated with me when I saw it. I was like, it's just so true because so many things happen and people are like, oh yeah, you need the medical registrar for that. I remember like some SHO being um, saying, oh, you know, there's a patient who's got like a subarachnoid. They, they need like an Orion cloud. They needed the uh, neurosurgery referral to, to be made. And they're like, oh yeah, the MedReg does that. And it's just like crazy mm. how like default, like how easy it's just to say and nobody questions it because they're like, okay. Um, mm. And really actually knowing what you're, and you could you could conceivably be capable of doing all these things. But as mm. like Mehul says, you just, just wouldn't have time to do it all. So it's not about being impor important. It's about kind of like, um, if you're doing this thing, then you're probably not going to be doing another thing. And so it's about like triaging and things. It's not, I don't know. 
But people got. But, I mean, it's a, it's about respect, isn't it? It's like I respect what you do, I respect yeah. it, but it's not what I do. Um, that's just the way it is, and vice versa. Just the respect should kind of go both ways. And I think the issue may be in the perceived of um, lack of respect towards other people's jobs. That's the problem. And that may be coming from the person or the recipient of that, right? So if someone's got a bit of a chip on their shoulder thinking that, oh, well, you know, these nurses are not very nice, they're always mean to me, or the nurses think, oh, doctors aren't very nice, they're always mean to me, anything or anything that either one will say to each other is going to come across that's going to further um, cement that kind of um, that sentiment, I think. Yeah. I, that's what I think. But if you kind of go in with like, well, you know, you do what you do, I've got to do what I do, and that's just that's the way it is because we've all both trained to do different things and respect that boundary, then um, then I, I think that's fine. I mean, look, okay, if, I mean, obviously I've got my boundaries, but if if I see someone, you know, if a porter's struggling with getting a bed through like a room, no, no worries, no problems, right? But I'm not going to be like, okay, mate, I'm going to take this person all the way back to the wards you know, knowing that I've got a massive ultrasound list going and, you know, the people are trying to hassle me to get other scans done. I mean, that's not my job, man. I, I've got to I've got to go back to what I do. I can't go all the way to the lifts and the rest of it. Yeah. But it does remind me of um, a consultant who was exactly that. And he used to turn up late to so many things that he was just renowned <laughs> for turning up late to stuff. Oh, really? And so I remember, yeah, yeah. So there's patients waiting outside. It was a barium study list. I'd never done barium in my life and waiting, waiting. And he turns up an hour late. And I, I just knew he was going to come out of something. I said, well, where you been? You know, not that I'm going to really have a go at him or anything. I just, you know, got a patient waiting outside. You know, where you been? He goes, yeah, yeah. There was this guy who was asking me how to get to the ophthalmology uh, clinic. And I'd never been there. And I was like, right, so what happened? He goes, well, I tried to find it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you could just tell the story was going to go on. And he spent like oh, half no. the day just walking around the hospital trying to find this place. Oh. And he's like, or <laughs> he was renowned for this stuff. Like another time he turned up like an hour and a half late. And then he was like, okay, sorry, man, I'm really late. I didn't want to ask him. I was so sick of this guy. So I'm like, you know, I, I want to go home, but like, I'm just sick of it. And then he saw that like... Um, there was little pigeonholes and like his name, no, it wasn't even his name. Someone else's name's pigeonhole, like label had fallen off. So he tried to stick it back on and it fell off and he started to stick it back on and it fell off and he, ah, oh, great. And he walked out and I was like, no, no, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, half an hour, 40 minutes later, it's hard to find a stapler in this place, isn't oh it? Oh my God. And I was like, oh, here we wow. go. And he's trying to staple, and it was just a complete, you know when someone's not good at like handyman stuff anyway? He was mm. terrible. So he was mm. doing the, a terrible job of like, you know, stapling it, stabbing himself. It was it was terrible. It took ages and I left so late that day, I was fuming. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, so he's, he's yeah. basically, I wonder, he should have a Twitter account, shouldn't he? Because we'd love him. But, um, oh yeah, yeah. He'd be, he'd be the quintessential, uh, yeah, Twitter person. He's Twitter staying media. late and doing all that stuff. So um, I mean, yeah. Uh, like circling mm. back to that kind of tweet from Mehul, because you know we have to mention Mehul every week. Mm. Um, but there was a nice quote. He tweet, does get quote, upset because he doesn't get the loyalties otherwise. He doesn't. Does he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> loyalties. So it was. Um, there was a quote tweet by Parody Partner that said, "On home visits, I often pop a load of washing on for, pay, for patients, make tea, <laughs> cut nails, because because people consider it kind. When I get back to the surgery two hours later and find a long list line of sick people to be seen and colleagues in tears, I just laugh and make them work late." <laughs> Fair enough. But on a serious note, there were some people who quote tweeted uh, Mehul and were really, really angry. And um, mm. there was one person in particular who then sparked a whole other generation of um, some tweets, <laughs> which is like, make a note of the name. 
but that yes, person's deleted yes. their account or something now or they've blocked me or something mm. but um yeah. it's crazy isn't it how like it was it was just like this one thing that mehul said about kind of well as in that people are basically saying about standing their ground and people are like i make tea i make tea and all these people sound so angry i'm like I'd, i'm not mm. sure I'd, what if you handed me a cup of tea like I'd, i don't know if i'd want to drink it like <laughs> they just sound so angry about it like yeah I'm like i don't know just what that tea's gonna be scalding you know, I think- I saw another subtweet of the same thing, exactly the same subject, and I think someone, uh, I think they did in good humour, but they were tweeting that they were, um, there was no job beneath them, they were happy to help paint the ward or something, and right. they're wearing a cardigan, and they're painting, and there was a photo of them painting the ward, and I just thought, I mean, surely it's better left to someone else who can do that job better. <laughs> like, I've had friends, I've literally, I've had a friend, and he spent, he took, I think, two weeks of annual leave um, to do some DIY right and then um i you know i went around to see it and it was the worst job of diy i'd ever seen in my life i was like what i didn't want to be too harsh on him but i thought he spent two weeks to do this because yeah he was really proud of it and i thought mate but you could have like spent two weeks and done some locum work and made enough money to pay someone else to do a far better job than this like isn't there the concept of just staying in your lane just appreciating uh, you know someone else's skills better than, than your own and I mean, unless you want to do spend all your time doing a half half job of something, then uh, yeah. you know, stick to what you're good at. Stick to what you're good at, and let someone else do their thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, talking about um, staying late, wasn't there another tweet that I think again, Drusha, you were really in it this week. <laughs> what, um, what? Yeah. So junior doctors work fewer hours with better support and conditions than 20 years ago. They obtain skills highly sought in other careers. Our job is rewarding beyond measure. In the coming months, many who spend nearly all income on food and heating will suffer greatly. We have a buffer mm. and this, you just said one out of touch tweet yeah yeah <laughs> you were like boom yeah yeah well, i mean so that was in response to a tweet by thomas elliott on the 15th of february he said junior doctor pay has fallen by 22.4 percent in real terms since 2008 and 9 and will fall further mm. the plight of a relatively well-paid profession might not move the public but this massive decline is having a huge impact on recruitment retention and ultimately the health service and so this person who's replied with that rubbish um mm. is a is a consultant obviously and mm. uh, and I, I like the the use of the word we as if like we're this kind of thing you know like where they've you know obviously comfortably been a consultant for some time and mm. they can say our job is rewarding beyond measure well that's easier to say when you've when you're finished get, you know when you're finished wading through all that stuff <laughs> yeah. and yeah, um yes there are yeah. kind of people worse off than you but that that's true that's true and that's you know perspective is great yeah that's true mm. but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't know your worth or what you know you should if um you know you shouldn't strive that doesn't mean that you shouldn't strive for better and there are lots of replies that basically said stuff way better than me but I just wanted that mm. person to know that I thought that I, it was either that that I was going to say or OK Boomer. And that's what I went with in the end. But I agonised <laughs> for a little while. Jamie's response yeah. to that person. OK, because junior doctors aren't in the workhouse or starving. They shouldn't complain about their 100k plus student debt and declining pay. The, these some have it worse posts from consultants are just so un- incredibly unhelpful. Reward beyond measure doesn't pay my bills or my exam fees or my subscriptions or my courses. If all I wanted was a rewarding job, I'd be a gardener. Fair enough. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. But, you know, um, whenever you speak to, I mean, occasionally, unfortunately, for the medical students who are not medical students, um, work experience students who end up um, having to shadow me. And I'm always thinking, like, why are you shadowing me, man? I'm like a radiologist. I've got, you know, this is not real medicine, as it were. Like, I'm just sitting in a dark room or doing some ultrasound. But anyway, they sit with me and I can't help myself but ask them, like, why do you want to do medicine? And usually they come out with the same old answer. Oh, my granddad or I want to help people. And I just ask them straight, I mean, do, do, you, do you want to get paid? I mean, you know, is that something? And they always say no. They always genuinely across the board always say, I'm not bothered about the money. I want to help people, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I guess if you're coming in with that attitude, what happens? Do we, do we get surprised when we're come out the, you know, when working, we suddenly think, actually, you know what? I'm barely able to cover things or I'm finding it difficult. It's not giving me the life I thought it would be. Or is it something we ignore for as long as possible until it becomes an issue? Is that what's going I on? Think it's, I think it's a mixture of things. I think one... Ultimately, they won't tell you the truth. Like they're just somehow afraid that one day they'll turn up to an interview. You'll be there, and you'll remember that they told you that they thought radiology was bloody boring, <laughs> right? And they don't want to yeah, do yeah, that, maybe. so they don't want to take that risk. Yeah, and I don't blame yeah. them because like, why should they tell yeah, you the enough. truth? Why should they tell you? The I'm truth? pretty scary. I'm pretty scary. It's well, true, no, it's not, I mean, although actually, <laughs> I had a medical student the other day, and I like to do it the other way. Around. You know, it's when you ask them like what they want to do, and they're always like, "Oh, mm. I don't know," and whatever. And mm. I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, you could be honest. I don't care. Like, it's not gonna mm. and." Um, so then I like sometimes say, well, do you know what you don't want to do? And one medical student mm. the other day said, I don't want to do cardiology. And I was like, oh, and I wanted to like, Stab clap. I, no, I wanted to clap. I was like, this is so cool. Like you, you know that I'm a cardiology registrar and you straight up just went, oh, I don't want to do cardiology. Even though we literally like met 30 mm. seconds ago. That's amazing. Like whatever. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, um, and she was like, oh, it's just kind of, I really want to do obs and guy. I was like, you know, fair enough, whatever. But I think it is really mm. difficult for people to kind of say those, because like, I don't know, I guess they kind of feel like they might get judged or whatever, because everyone else seems to say the same like nonsense. But I think mm. when I, I just didn't get it. Like when I was like 16 years old and I remember junior doctors telling me oh, the pay is rubbish and whatever. But mm. then I I just remember Dang. thinking, but I'll get paid, right? I'll get paid. I won't mm. be, I won't be poor though, right? I'll still be able to eat and stuff. And for the, for mm. me then, like it, it kind of, you know, I had no really, no real concept of what paying a mortgage would be or having a family mm. and, you know, That's the so stress true. that there is about bills and stuff. It just, it just didn't like, it was so, the only thing that I was thinking about was that next stage of just getting into medical school. I wasn't thinking about like, oh, you know, I'll have to do like self-assessment and I'll have to pay for all these courses and exams that'll be really, really expensive and you won't get them refunded because people will be like, oh, there's a study budget. Yes, but like, you know how, you know, have to jump through 47 different yeah. groups or whatever to get them. So I think like, it's just yeah. too complicated for like a 16 17 year old work experience student to really contemplate that getting old just mm. like if they like they just don't appreciate how you know i used to open beer bottles with my teeth and people are like that's really bad for your teeth and i'd be like but it's fine at the Sorry. moment but now i'm like oh god <laughs> what was i thinking like you just don't i just don't think you kind of really contemplate in that way so i think it's probably a mixture of things mate and that I mean, actually, that really reminds me of like my conversation with our mutual friend on Sunday when we looked at the waves and we were thinking about surfing. And I just looked at him and I thought, I said to him, listen, you know, when we we're in Australia, I would have done this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now I've got a wife and kids, a mortgage and a yeah. job. I can't risk anything anymore. Yeah, I can't yeah, do it. So I just can't, it's not possible. They're too valuable. You know, if anything happens. Exactly. Even if I was to get sick, 
Well, thanks. But even if I was to get sick and be knocked out for like days, this is going to have a significant impact on my entire family. I can't be, I just can't go and swim out in the in the cold and the rain like this. And he, who's going to lay the golden eggs? (laughs) (laughs) The golden reports. That's what they are. (laughs) Oh, did you actually see? I got tweeted at by someone actually about reports. It was a neurosurgeon person. I can't remember. And they they were like, I think, uh, in truth, it was it wasn't a great report. It was something like. um, no cordoquine is identified, and uh, but a neurosurgical opinion is still recommended. <laughs> Did you? Genu- you? Did- <laughs> I know it wasn't me. Thank God oh, it wasn't me. Because okay. I really, I thought, oh God, is that something I said? And it looked like not something I wouldn't say. Yeah, I would never say something like that. And then I realised they said impression. Uh, I never do impressions. I always do opinions. Oh, I don't shit. do impressions. So I was like, oh, thank God uh, that wasn't me. But that caused a little bit of a stir. And some people were really upset. They were like, oh, you know, I don't like this sort of to and fro. We should be supportive of each other. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you're talking about kind of like language and reports and stuff. Um, and mm. so Zach, he did an interesting tweet um, about, mm. he goes, it says so much about the gross paternalistic attitude doctors all too often still have towards our patients that we describe everything they say as a complaint. And I thought he kind of, that might have been a bit tongue in cheek. But anyway, did, did you have a, mm. did you have a take on that? So what, as in whenever they're saying thing we think is complaint? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it can be difficult, isn't it? Like you, it, it's difficult to take anything from patients because you kind of you want to. I think we're people pleasers, aren't we? Doctors in general, aren't we? So I think I feel like we are people pleasers. We want to do the best by them. But we also want to get some accolade and stuff like that. And so when uh, they say something that may come across slightly, um, slightly negative, even on a slight, you know, smallish level, then it's hard. It's, it's a difficult thing to take, isn't it? I guess. It's the same way that I would have felt with that tweet we were speaking about earlier. If that was my report and someone was to say that was a really bad report, then I would have been a bit like, oh, okay, it's a real shame, man. I mean, I did put some work. I mean, I mean, it depends on the environment I'm in, but, you know, I generally try and do the best job I can and you yeah. can take it quite personally, can't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, you see people more than I do. I mean, you're getting it directly from the source, mate. Like, how do you feel about this? Complain. I think it's funny. Yeah. I do think it's kind of interesting, the kind of words that we use and perhaps the way, because they do have power, even though we kind of just think of them like as throwaway and probably don't think about anything them for more than a second they do hold some weight don't they and i guess it's a bit Mm. odd that it is that as opposed to i don't know patient reports or uh, patient symptoms or um i so i guess there is something in that i always find that you know when people say uh, patient refused treatment i always find that a Mm. bit funny like it always seems a bit kind of pointed even the Mm, kind of that's true and um this whole kind of thing about like discharge against medical advice and getting them to sign the form and stuff is all like a bit funny like it's just it kind of makes it's a bit coercive it's weird yeah it's a bit weird isn't it like don't leave you're not allowed to leave and if you leave you might die you know that's what it feels that's what it feels like isn't it yeah yeah i get what we do and i I remember like some one patient in particular refused to sign it It it's like no i want you to like have responsibility for this and i was like what (laughs) this doesn't make any sense you live to leave yeah i was like i'm just a war cover mate Uh, this is what what's going on (laughs) just sign this please and then i'm like actually what okay you don't want to sign it who cares? Like, well, you know, it reminds me. It reminds me of a time. I think I, I, I often think about the times when I lost my soul in medicine, right. and I think um, I think one of the times when I, I lost a little bit, a little bit more of a chunk of my soul was gone. <laughs> was um, a time when this guy is in an A and he'd come in, and I think he'd been previously been injured in his face, must have gone to fights and stuff, and he had a metal plate in his in his um, 
in his jaw and right. it was really hurting him. So then, you know, I, I had a look through, I did an x-ray to make sure there's nothing looking particularly destructive as if I really knew what I was doing as an F2. But anyway, I, I did all those things and it looked okay. But I called up Max Fax and I said, listen, I've got this guy and he's complaining that, you know, the one, these screws or around that area is really hurting. Mm. What should I do? And they said, yeah, it's fine. Give him some painkillers and then we'll see him like a, a tomorrow or the day after. And this is the time it turns up. And then... I went to that. I mean, it took me ages to get through to them, but I, I took a long, long time, you know, how long it takes to get these things done. Yeah. And then um, when I went and told this guy, look, I, I managed to, I was really happy that I managed to talk to Max Fax. It, it took a while, but I managed to get through to him. And this is what they said. You can see them in the next few days and they'll be able to sort this out. He had a massive go at me, hmm. massive go at me, not good Why? enough. You know, who do you think you are? Oh, what? Because you know, you... I'm in pain. Ah. You know, because he, he was in pain and he was just going on and on at me. And then I was like, listen, look, I, I don't really have much else to give you, but there's, a, you know, there's a prescription for this. He goes, do I have to pay for these as well? And he just went on and on at me. And I was like, and, you know, even though I knew I'd done everything I could to try and help this guy, I felt terrible. Mm. I, I felt genuinely terrible. Like I really let him down. I hadn't done, you know, I hadn't pleased the uh, the person in front of me. And that's when I, I, I think it was one of the times when I lost my soul and I was like, you know what, I just don't care anymore. I just can do yeah. the best job I can and move on. I just do not care what you think. And that was it mm. after that. Well, just did the enough. best job I could. No, um, I get I get you. Yeah. I mean, like sometimes people are just so like, I don't know. I, I remember, I know what you mean, those kind of interactions where you're like, well, I mean, that was, I did, I worked quite hard on that. And that's, that's all. That's that's the takeaway yeah, that you got from that. Exactly. Um, Could you imagine if you like, you know, you you're making this meal, you know, you threw she's come around, around to my place and make this meal, and like, I put oh. it all together, spent hours, and then you'd be like, throw it back in my face. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, exactly. You know, not that you'd ever do something like that, uh, yeah. but you know, it felt it felt as though like someone had thrown something back in my face after I'd done so much work yeah. uh, to try and figure out what to do, and I thought I did a good job, and then you had a go at me. So. I, rem- I remember um, that reminds yeah. me of a patient I saw in A and E once who. When I was seeing her, she was she was just. Um, I got the impression that whatever I was going to say about her symptoms was never going to be enough, or at least that's how the consultation went. Um, and I tried mm. my very best, and at the end, she said, "You know, um, I'm really unhappy that nobody brought me a drink." And I was like, "What do you mean? Like, there's a there's literally like there's a jug of water there, like right in front of mm. you." And she's like, "I don't drink water. I only drink coffee. Nobody's like offered to make me a tea or coffee." And I said. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's just, I'm sorry, it's just a really busy A&E department. Um, there is a vending mm. machine around the corner if you really want one. And then she said, you know, I'm a pensioner. And so um, you, you just don't, you just don't understand like how difficult it is to be a pensioner. And I was like, okay, um, so, sorry. Like, and then just, but I was like so bemused. I was like, oh. Uh, and I just didn't even really know where to start like because I felt like if I said anything else then it was just going to be down this kind of like weird kind of pensioner hole thing I just mm. it was really weird I was like I've just spent like oh, it was really strange but you're like look we around know. you look at all of this stuff <laughs> that like the people rushing around like nobody's like sat around doing nothing like people are doing stuff mm. so it's not like I don't know it's weird but you know, um, sometimes doing nothing is the best of things, is it not? According to oh, a tweet yeah. by uh, <laughs> our good colleague uh, Nina Jar, uh, one of the skills in GP that took me the most time to gain was the confidence in doing nothing as a treatment. Now, hold up, yeah. If you're telling me doing nothing is a treatment, I've done a whole load of nothing for a very long time. This <laughs> there is, you go. Perfect. This is news to me. Could have been a GP. <laughs> well, I could have been a GP. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, JKV Medic James, he does qualify this mm. quite nicely. He says an experienced GP provides greatest value 
value to the NHS, not through what they do, but what they don't do. The headache that doesn't mm. require an MRI. There's the Imran. See, see. The no, palliative get patient. the MRI. Get the MRI. <laughs> the palliative patient who doesn't require admission. The upper respiratory tract infection that doesn't require antibiotics. Requires both skill and patient trust. I think that's the key, isn't it? The trust in it, mm. um, which is really difficult. Mm. It is difficult in the in the world where you know we were talking about this other day, weren't we? About um, uh, you know how people are afraid to get you know have litigation and all this kind of thing. Like, uh, who can you trust? Because if something goes wrong, then you know are you going to trust? The, are you going to trust that they made the right decision? They'll turn around and say, well, you know, the GP told me to uh, make you know make my own mind up and stuff. It's, I think it's a very uh, a hugely skilled person to be able to do nothing in this day and age. I feel, and that's probably why I say yes to so many things because. How can you say no? It's very hard, very hard to say no to stuff, the, uh, especially when it comes to patient care in the, in the current environment, right? Speaking, I mean, this is not a natural segue, but it is something that we, I did kind of think that we should talk about, which is the mm. This Is Gonna Hurt TV show. Have mm. you been watching it? I know I haven't had the chance. Uh, I, I keep meaning to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I said I was going to watch it. I have to watch it being mm. a med Twitter person, etc. I just haven't got around to it. But it, uh, interesting to me is that the tweets seem to have flipped from the from the trailer because people were very outraged by the trailer. People were very upset by the trailer, yeah. you know, etc, etc. But then it feels like people have been quite positive about it. Now. Well, is that right? I think, yeah. So I think the particular problem that people had with the trailer was the portray- the Adam character. Um, and the mm. way he he's treating a junior doctor who's shitty, who's like a an Asian a, a junior doctor, and they said, well, you know, a person of color, like how he's treating her. And I think people realize mm. from watching the show, or at least how I felt anyway, was is that um, that kind of behavior, that way she was treated, is very relatable, and actually we all recognize mm. it. And actually, um, I think the problem was, and I think one of the reasons why perhaps the reaction was so bad to begin with is, I think people were expect. I certainly were expecting it to be a comedy, and it does have mm. comedic elements to it. But actually, it's really harrowing. And every time I've watched an episode, I've always felt like really upset afterwards because it dredges up all kinds of feelings and stuff. Mm. And um, it's been it's been really tough, and it actually just reminds me of all the really difficult times as a like a, as a really junior doctor. Um, I'm, it's I'm, too real, is it? It's really real. Yeah, it's, it's really real. Really, really, literally, okay. there t- so there are times in the evening where, like, um, I've watched episode and then haven't really been able to like switch off afterwards. And then Joe was like, when I was telling her about stuff, it reminded me of. She's like, oh, I think you've ever really told me about that. It's just a kind of, it's mm. really funny actually because a lot of it, there's like lots of low key things, and they're quite. There's some really good like touches in there of like little things mm. that make you know they kind of really get it and. Um, I think the kind of the humor is still there and it's not like laugh out loud like scrubs or whatever but the kind of sentiment is right um there's some, there's some good tweets from so amy louise she tweeted saying i think anyone who's watched this is going to hurt and worked in the nhs this year can probably say they recognize the same signs of burnout in themselves or other colleagues mm. it shouldn't take a tv program to make us think about the way we interact with our colleagues and the immense pressure we are all under at the moment but if it does and I'm okay with that. I don't think it's just at the mm. moment, but um, yeah, this it's, it's amazing. It's really, really good, mate. I definitely recommend. Really? It. Yeah, we should talk. I about mean, it. I was should... watching. Um, yeah, I was watching Boba Fett this week. I was finally was fine, sort of finale of Boba Fett, which <laughs> oh, is a very different that, show. That is, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that was I awesome. The... I was like, yeah, I was only meant to watch ten minutes of it, and next thing I know, I'm like, um, yeah, I'm going to watch the rest of this. This is awesome. That, that's yeah, just so, so that finale good. is just that is carrying Star Wars. You know, Man- the Mandalorian and Boba Fett is just. It's just carrying that kind of limping corpse of a franchise, along. which is crazy. There weren't even big, big people exactly. in the original Star Wars. Exactly. They were like 
by like even though only what do you tell me? I'm not into Star Wars, but you tell me Boba Fett didn't even really have a line in the original movies. Is that right? Yeah, or I don't one, think so. One of them did not even have any lines. So, mm. um, Amazing, yeah, I mean, the carrying, yeah, it's so good. But yeah, I, I the thing is, I always find it weird or. I always find it, I never watch Casualty and I don't watch AR or any of those things because it was too real. Like it was like, why do I want to go from work to go to watch more work? That's what it always felt yeah. like to me. But Scrubs I could take because it was like such a um, exaggerated version of work with like nice little kind of funny stories and stuff. But I could never get into any of those other shows. Yeah. So I don't know, mate. I mean, I, I will I will watch it. It just doesn't feel like I really, <laughs> really want to if it's going to feel like I'm coming back to work from work, even though my work is quite different. It, honestly, yeah. yeah, you're right, actually, because it is much like, I mean, it doesn't feel like work when you're, when you're watching it. You like, there's so many scenes that are just shot in the dark and it kind of just like rec uh, recreates the atmosphere, that kind of, you know, that kind of um, sleepy, like depressive um lighting of the hospital at night you know we like dredging your mm. way through and you're kind of looking for you know gone up a flight of stairs going to a level three because you're looking for this ward and whatever that kind of feeling is there it's crazy it's that's weird. A, that weird feeling do you remember i remember that feeling you get when you walk around the hospital and it's a bit dead it's like that feeling you have when you've stayed late at school do you remember <laughs> and then like there's no one at school it's all dark yeah. and you're walking around maybe you're doing some sort of like after school show or something like that and there's no one around it does have that sort of dead feeling about it i quite it? liked like, that uh, though, about school when it was really kind of yeah yeah whereas this i'm in a hospital okay. i find it way more i find it creepier I find it creepier. Okay. Well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's a, there's some, yeah, morbid things happening around uh, <laughs> those times. But anyway, speaking of school, Thrusha, uh, yeah. uh, we were speaking to each other, weren't we? I, I, so I got a very random message in a, a school WhatsApp group. Hey, everyone, we're going to have a 20 year reunion. Here's an email for the guy that's organizing it. And I thought, oh, you know, 20 year reunion. So I sent it to you, Thrusha. And then I started having a few thoughts and feelings about it. And then I noticed that you tweeted some feelings you had, which actually pretty much echoed some of what I was thinking too. So do you, do you want to talk about that? Because I thought it was quite a good good thing you mentioned. Thanks. I mean, yeah. um, so the tweet uh, was on the 16th. Uh, there's going to be a school reunion 20 years later, and I put a picture of an old Asian man. That's me. Uh, mixed <laughs> feelings of excitement at seeing some old friends and wanting to be my best and most stacked self just to prove something to the knobheads. Why am I like this? But that's immediately what I thought when you were telling me about it. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to see all these people. Like, I wonder what they're doing now. And then I was like, mm. oh, gosh, I want those other people. They might be there. And what is it going to be like? Like, um, mm. are they going to make kind of slight, slightly sarcastic comments? You know, like the, the kind of verbal warfare mm. that there was and just. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, where to start? What? I mean, there definitely was like a cool crew or people that thought they were super cool. that were far too cool for you. Yeah. And then part of me felt like I want to be part of that crew and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, all of that existed. And um, I, in fact, remember we used to play football every Sunday um, up somewhere in North London. Oh, yeah. And then we realized that in the pitch next to us was a whole bunch of that supposed cr cool crew. And um, we challenged them to a football game, but I didn't think, really think much of it. It had been years since any of that cool stuff. And it was actually really fun meeting those guys and seeing like what they're up to. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of them were doing quite well. But some of the guys that we were playing football with who are on our side really took it personally. They, it was as if they were going to set a score from years and years <laughs> ago and they were getting yeah. so emotionally into it. Like they were scoring these goals and like leaping up and down and punching the air like they'd done something amazing. And I was thinking, whoa, this is a, it's a bigger match than I thought. I mean, <laughs> I just came to play my Sunday football. But um, yeah, it's, I, I felt the similar feelings like, oh, cool. I'm going to bump to a whole lot of people that maybe reconnect with people. 
I'm always interested in meeting new people and maybe seeing what other people are up to these days. Uh, so I thought it'd be really fun. And then I actually mentioned to my wife that there are some very successful people from our school. I wonder if they're going to turn up. And my wife is jokingly saying, they're not going to have time for this. They're successful. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I said, like, how harsh? And I said, well, if I, I, if I was super successful like they are, I think I'd turn up. And she was like, would you, Imran? And I thought, you are oh, successful. I don't know now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, we both are, aren't we, really? Yeah. But, um, Depends on what metric you're I mean, buying, we, I suppose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I guess so. But we're talking in some of them. I mean, if you could look it Rich. up, or some, one of them is like a very uh, a famous celebrity chef sort of thing yeah. now. Uh, what's he got? Karam. He's got, what, four? Yeah, Karam. He's done really well. I mean, I've been, have you been to any of his restaurants? No. It's, um, uh, Trishna. He's got Trishna, Bubble Dog, and Jim Carner. I've been to Trishna. And I remember when he, so this is a strange thing about it. So um, I remember like hearing that Karen wasn't going to go to school or something, uh, going to go to uni, he's going to pull out for the year or something, go off to India somewhere. And I thought, this guy's always been a bit of a joker. Like, why is he not going to uni like the rest of us? And then I heard from another mate of mine that he's bought some restaurant somewhere in central London. He's going to do it up and my mate's going to go help him. I was like, wow, this sounds like a really bad idea, but all right, fair enough, whatever. Good luck with that. While I was in the middle of med school. And then in the middle of med school, I started hearing it was doing quite well and celebrities were turning up to this and he got voted Michelin star. I should go down. Mm. And I went and I was blown away by the food. I'd never had, I think it was one of the first times I've been to like a nice restaurant, mm. which was a Mackey D's. And um, <laughs> I was amazed. I was amazed. I was genuinely like, Karim, I don't understand how you can cook like this. Like, that's just incredible. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I've, I've only really been there once or twice since that. But okay. I mean, the man's got skills. Yeah. But we've got some very successful people from our school, actually. And so um, I would like to see them, but I'd like to see all of them. I think it would be cool. Yeah. Hopefully I can get over my own feelings. But I think yeah. the thing was, I mean, Karim Sethi, he was actually, he was a nice dude at school. I'm like, I'm just yeah, trying to think about true. the people who are like really successful. And there's Adil Kazmi, right? So he's, mm. oh the yeah, F1 yeah, team. the F1, he, yeah, he's he a pops really, up on the F1 yeah, news. So yeah. he's a really nice guy. And then yeah. what, Neil Patel's what, some kind of crazy dental surgeon. I don't know who else there are. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he's done really well. I mean, yeah. like those guys, they're nice though. So I, I think it's a problem. Mm. I'm thinking about the people who like, were knobs like the kind of mm. but i don't know but yeah it's weird isn't it because i guess um so rohin he replied and he said bro i had my 20 year mm. reunion didn't go to the 10 year didn't want to absolutely enjoyed the 20 year one i went to at the time a top score in the national league table and i promise you cardiologist oh thanks is way better than most of the guys there but don't worry about me- measuring up career nor biceps but Oh, wait. But honestly, <laughs> even for such a competitive, brutal score, the reunion was not knob measuring. It was just a bunch of aging dudes, oh, I feel that, who'd finally lost mm. the stupid egos. I was an uncool dork at school, still am, but all those silly cliques had gone. Had a great time. Fair enough. It was nice, wasn't it? Because it kind of, um, you know, yeah, he kind of acknowledged your feelings and then also kind of, uh, yeah, Give volunteered his own experiences yeah. of, of something like that. Um yeah, uh, it would be interesting to know what other people think of, you know, reunions that they've had. I don't think I've ever been to a, this is the yeah. only reunion I th- I'd hope to go to and I, I'm hoping to go. I've, I've emailed the guy and said I'll come along yeah. and uh, it would be nice to bump into people. Yeah. And, you know, as the years go on, I just... Mehul was saying his uh, droop's coming as well. Oh, is it? Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to bump into his brother. Yeah. Bring Mehul down as well. It'd be nice yeah. to meet him in real life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like when we used to bump into some of those guys, um, you know, playing football and stuff, like it was fine. Like it, it wasn't, even the ones that were, yeah, they were a bit, you know, they weren't that nice at school. They mm. did, they all seemed fine. You know, I mean, so much, so much has happened since that. Most of these yeah. people are going to have kids and wives and 
or partners and mortgages and all the rest of it like you're going to relate on a, on those levels as well you know yeah. we all live pretty similar lives just some of us do podcasts and stuff which is slightly different i guess <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i there was um, um, yeah. another thread moving away from my tweets oh my gosh um yeah. there was a thread <laughs> Which is so good. I definitely recommend people checking oh, it out. The mega thread. The mega thread. And it's by Gawinda. <laughs> and his handle is at G underscore S underscore Bogle. That's spelled B H O G A L. And that was uh, posted mm. on February the 11th at 9 52 p.m. And it's 40 tweets. He goes, In 40 tweets, I'll explain 40 useful concepts you should know. Can I read a few of them? But some of them are awesome. You go for it, mate. Yeah, yeah. You okay, go here's one. When I saw that, the 40 tweets for, you know, you know there's an app to help you make t- uh, threads. Anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's always one person who replies being like, thread uh, wrap unroll or something. I'm like, oh, okay, good one. Just scroll <laughs> down, mate. Anyway, so number one, social proof. When unsure how to act, people copy others, outsourcing their decisions. When Sylvan Goldman invented shopping trolleys, people didn't want to use them because they seemed silly. Isn't that funny? So Goldman paid actors to use trolleys in the stores and everyone quickly followed. And there's a few others that are really interesting. So um, here's another one. Spotlight effect. We often get the anxious feeling that our every move is being scrutinized by others. The truth is no one is paying as much attention to you as you are. People are too concerned with how they appear to others to care how you appear to them. That's really true. I told that to an F1 mm. once. And, um, but yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't uh, explain it as eloquently as that one anyway. Um, <laughs> and then what else is there? <laughs> I like this one. This is called the Proteus effect. And I think this applies okay. to Twitter. In virtual spaces, people become like their avatars. For instance, using a sexy avatar tends to make people more flirtatious. This suggests people's personalities are largely a performance choreographed to social expectations. And I wonder if that perhaps explains some of the be kind stuff on Twitter. Um, hmm. So what, he's saying that the display picture or the avatar that they use on social media is kind of what they're trying to be. Exactly. So what's your one right now? Let me have a look at your one. It's what, me what going, your one right it's now? me with my head back, a bit of hair, and I'm like, I've got a kind of slightly shocked expression. And, that oh, is, right. yeah, and that's yeah, to yeah. portray my slightly whimsical uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, devil may care attitude and humorous tweets. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's my brand. What's yours? Yeah, what's yeah. yours, Imran? I think it's got my eyebrow up, just looking, all kind of trying to look all smart, and uh, um, I don't know, look, trying. To, I think it probably is me, just trying to be a bit smart, but I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not. But there was another one actually that you said. Um, you've actually tweeted. You quoted from this guy, Cunningham's Law. Oh yes. The best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question, but to post the wrong answer because people online are more interested in criticizing people than helping them. This was so brilliant. True. I mean, this is so true. In fact, it makes me think of like. I remember there was someone who said the tactic, they told me when before I became radiologist, the way to get a scan is to go to the radiologist and ask their advice on what scan to get. If you go in saying you want a CT scan or an ultrasound scan, you're more likely to have that battered away. And it's just the idea that people like to feel as though they're having a bit of critical thought put into the answer or having some sort of expertise pushed into it. And this is sort of another situation where people must like the idea of being able to criticize someone. Um, yeah, I mean, that's um, that's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, what, what should we ask? What can we ask the Internet? What's the, what's the burning question that you'd like to get purposely get wrong in order to find the right answer through? What have you got? What would you say? Um, well, I like to do polls, don't I? And then maybe uh, uh, what would I ask? <laughs> I don't know. I think... Uh... <laughs> I think I would be like, okay, the best way to make money is to work nine to five. 
and just wait oh. for the answer to come out. Like, actually, it's not. If you do this, 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 like, okay, thank you very much. Thank you. For, I'll take that one. Any more? Any more? Any more? Give me, keep giving it to me. Keep giving it to me. Yeah. Um, I just, I do something like that. One tweet I want to put out there, but I think it will be one day when I'm feeling particularly provocative. Will be something like, oh, cardiologists should have their own session, uh, their own royal college and their own separate training route. And I just want to put it out there. <laughs> And then just, <laughs> and then my phone will just get explode from like, I don't know. Oh, anger. should we do? We, we just do it for the two medics count. No one will know who which one it yeah, is. Yeah, God, God, choose violence. Yeah, that just day. do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just watch the entire two medics account go right into uh, <laughs> go down in flames. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, there's one yeah, more, go on. I guess, which was mm. good, which is we have a better understanding of what is not than what it is. What is. So we don't know if studying will make us an expert. We do know not studying won't. Therefore, when in doubt, base decisions <laughs> on avoiding what you should not do instead of doing what you should. And that's I was, like, I was reading that and I was like, hmm, that's just a bunch of words, isn't it? Like, what the hell? That that's like something like Yoda would tweet. That's like a Yoda tweet. Yeah, yeah you really got to think about that, isn't it? Oh you God. really got to be like, hmm, let me strap my noggin about that around that one. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. It's so true. But you know what? Sometimes it is. I, I do find that, you know, doing something is better than doing nothing i find that with the you know the business that i do like with the online teaching and stuff like something everything goes wrong like everything goes wrong like the thing doesn't work and then everyone's like okay we don't know what to do and i was like look we just got to do something just do something just find something and do it and then usually you know by doing something it opens the door to something else and within an hour you've got most things fixed so we, we've had disasters like we had one course that we were running and i had like um I like more than 100 people about to turn up and people are taking their leave to go to or something. And then on the day, the wrong Zoom link got sent out. And then we started getting a barrage of emails. Can you imagine like oh, a barrage no. of emails? Why is the Zoom link not working? And then we had to like, and the guy who was doing the lecture started lecturing oh, no. and we had to stop him like half an hour in saying, there's no one in the lecture, oh, man. No. <laughs> like, just stop. <laughs> and it's like, what? It's just stop, just stop. Oh, we need to figure no. this out. It was an absolute, my phone was buzzing. Emails are flying in. It was just, oh, no. yeah. And at that point we're like, look, let's just make a decision about what we're going to do and just do it. And I'm not sure it was the right, I don't think it was the easiest thing to do. And I don't think it was the smartest thing to do, but at least within half an hour, we're back doing something. How Otherwise, did you... it would have just been a disaster. So what did you do in mm. the end? Did you just make him rewind and start? <laughs> yeah, so uh, what we did was uh, we had to open a new Zoom room uh, and then start inviting all those people back into that and also reply to all those emails saying that, look, go to this other Zoom room and get into that one. And I know, I know someone's going to tweet at me like, actually, you should, oh, you should have done this. I know, but you know, when you're half an hour in and, you know, you've got a person that you, you're paying to do the lecture and everything's going wrong, you just got to do something, whatever it is. And that was, the, that was the first idea that came in within one or two minutes and we just uh, just moved. And thankfully, uh, yeah, it, the day was kind of saved. I mean, you know, some some of the reviews that were coming back were like, yeah, you started late, you gave us a long, wrong Zoom link. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I noticed, man. I noticed, but yeah. thanks for turning up anyway. Yeah. Speaking of um, speaking of big mistakes, hmm. or at least um, what I think is a big mistake, Novak Djokovic. There was that interview. Did you see that? Yeah. Amal Rajan. Of course I did. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, yeah. I hated this. People were like Amal Rajan did such a great did such a great interview, but there's this kind of <laughs> toe curlingly. Um, What's the word like sycophantic question are you prepared to forgo the chance to be the greatest player that's ever picked up a racket and i was like mate 
Serena mm. Williams is one way more than he does. He does, mate. But anyway, <laughs> because he so, feels so strongly about this jab. And he's like, yes, mm. I do. I'm like, oh, okay. And then people are coming back with my body, my choice. And I'm like, it's crazy like how people just kind of like weaponize these kind of like phrases and use them for nonsense. But um I mean, this guy thinks he's going to go down in history as the person, you know, like if you stood up, you know, for for what he believed, which is, it's not untrue. I mean, he's standing up for what he believes in, but I can't help but feel he's being self-serving on so many levels, you know, like, um, and I think he even says in the interview, like, he does talk about how he's trying to he's trying to quantify the fact that he says that he's not against other people getting vaccinations he feels for his body and what he's trying to do this is not the right thing to do and which kind of relates to a video and a sentiment that i i shared with rohin and that um when you're talking about people like this you're not talking about the average these people are trying to be above average and so any little tiny thing that he thinks is going to take away from him doing what he does is going to be not good enough you know and this is why these people put bread on their stomach and you know lie on their heads for hours and hours thinking it's going to increase the blood flow to somewhere you know what i mean you can't take these people seriously yeah true but then doesn't that extension of logic kind of fail when he's literally not going to competitions now <laughs> so well that kind of little advantage <laughs> means nothing that's like a tree falling in the well, forest like exactly, nobody's there exactly yeah i know i know so clearly i mean that's the thing when you think about the motivations of someone now right so and at the beginning you think okay he wants to win, win grand slams which makes money but now he must be trying to build some sort of legacy uh, that must be what it is now otherwise it makes no sense like why would you why would a tennis player who's at the top of his game you know who is you know you think is trying to win as much tennis as possible, who loves the game as much. If you love the game as much as you claim to do, then surely you do anything to play it. Whatever it is, do whatever yeah. it takes to play the game. But if you're now trying to do something else, which it feels like to me he is, then, you know, clearly the goalposts have changed for him. Yeah. He's trying to make build a legacy. He's trying to be the poster boy of, you know, standing up for his own rights and standing up for his body and he's going to become the poster, poster boy for all of this stuff. This is bigger than tennis, isn't it? He's not about tennis here when he does this kind of stuff. And clearly, maybe moved on from it. You know, uh, this is not this is not a tennis player anymore. Yeah, and he's not going that way anymore either. No, he's a yeah, giant, yeah. raging bell end. <laughs> well you know interestingly the thing is like for for whatever reason and i don't know why people feel like this but when you see people who are sports people um why i don't know why you feel like you want to like them yeah, like true. why is it that you feel like you want to like them like by all stretches of imagination when you actually look at what they're up to the, what the family goes through you know all the things that happens the kind of people that they must be they can't be easy people to get along with true. like why do you feel like you want to look up to these people and um, you touched on this when you said we were talking about this is going to hurt. And you you said that, you know, the Adam character himself is not a likable character. No. But, you know, he doesn't have to be. No. Like, I mean, it's just a story about a person doing doing certain things and that that's entertainment. And so with all of this stuff, like, I just don't understand, like, why people need to look up to these kind of people. Have, and, you, um, have you never felt that yeah, way, though? Like, I don't know, like about... You know, like you get all these horrible stories about Michael Jordan and whatever, and like, oh, and like, do you hear like the there's James Corden? He's got loads, mm. loads of people just being like, oh, these cele- you know the celebs you meet in real life and stuff. But I guess they're just people. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you have you never? No, felt- I think um, obviously when I was a kid, I used to really look up to these things, do these kind of people. But when I realised that after a while, it's just another job, and these are, these people are just people. Mm. And you know, and actually, I always try and um, it's like um, I think when someone does something really bad. You know, like they maybe uh, have, you know, ruined their relationship. Like, I, you know, I've, I mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger book, 
mm. where he he sleeps with his maid and ends up having a kid. And it's very easy to judge someone thinking like, you know, that's a terrible thing to do, but I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, I don't, I don't have people throwing themselves at me. I don't have all that money. I don't have all those things. I'm not in the same situation. I can't, I don't know whether I'd make a terrible decision or what is perceived to be a terrible decision. But then what I realized is that um, there will always be something you can learn from people. So I'm not saying there's nothing to learn from someone like Djokovic. There will be things that you can learn from Djokovic because of who he is and what he's done. But that doesn't mean you have to learn everything from someone like Djokovic, like his personal opinions on his relationships, his friendships, his business and all that kind of stuff. Like you don't have to learn these things. And we've seen again and again in life, like we've seen multiple athletes, um, you know, lose their entire fortune. Are you going to start looking up to them for that? Like that's just, that's not a smart move. They're a good footballer. They're a good basketball player, but that doesn't mean they're good at everything, right? Um and they're going to say silly things because they're not qualified. They're, and what I feel sorry for them for uh, as well is actually when they're asked about something, they've got no qualifications in. Hmm. So they're asking Djokovic right now about vaccinations. Why are you asking this guy about vaccinations? Asking about a serve. Asking about how to play tennis. I don't care what he thinks about vaccinations. You can't get a qualified opinion from this guy. Yeah, exactly. It, like, it can't. What does he think on Brexit? Yeah. Like, you know, exactly. Why are you asking him? Like, Don't ask him. This is not the question to be asking a tennis player. I don't have anything against tennis players. But, you know, I just think silly. Yeah, fair enough. There's, I think it kind of relates to some some spicy tweets that have been from Pathos, where she's talking about EDI mm. stuff. They're subtweeting someone who is a bit gmc so I'm not sure if we should mention them. But um, Okay, <laughs> and stay safe, yeah. Stay safe. <laughs> so, but basically, mm. she her kind of roundabout subtweets um, got... Uh, go over an interesting topic which kind of goes along the lines of there's been an exponential increase in funding for anti-racism work especially over the past two years but who does the money go to anti-racism mm. work, pay, work pays white and white adjacent people to sanitize fighting racism for other white people commissioned to sit on panels and lead groups by set up by institutions that give the impression that there is an active attempt in dismantling their racist systems and they are remunerated re mm. by money and career connections. Anti-racism work pays well if you're white. Offended by this, look in the mirror and ask how often you work with black people. And there are mm. some tweets. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this. It was a fairly small account, but um, mm. it was it's it's an anon account, and it claimed uh, it's from someone I think claims to be like Asian. And um, mm. I think they quote tweet something which is basically about anti anti-blackness if I remember this correctly it's, I think it's been deleted now uh, and essentially mm. the sentiment is what about what about Asian people don't forget Asian people mm. which is really funny mm. I think because it's like uh, because then kind of go on to try and qualify saying oh you know we're all in this together we need to pull together and I'm like if we're in this together when people are talking about their if they're talking about something you don't need to chime in with the and us and us because if you're together then that should be a thing if you but it's really weird they kind of um then they went down the whole oh i can't say anything on the internet which is the kind of equivalent mm. of just throwing your hands up in the air and saying oh political correctness nobody can say anything these days and it's like you could say stuff but the freedom of speech thing is where people will call you out on stupid stuff that you say Mm. I just realized I don't follow Pathos. I've just given her a follow. So oh. she wonders, <laughs> when did I follow? It's just uh, in the middle of the podcast, actually. Oops. <laughs> I'm so terrible at following people. I don't know what my problem is. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've, I, she's another one of these uh, accounts I end up learning a lot from. And um, yeah, saying that, when when she says that, it does make you wonder, oh, hang on. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Like, you know, why these... Is, I, I do think it's hard to talk about experience, experiences that you don't have or try and talk, yeah, try and um, mm. 
try and be some sort of representative of something that you've got no experience in yeah. you know it's like um i think we've mentioned this before maybe even just to each other like if i'm hard done by by something it does cross my mind that, oh is it because i'm because I'm, I'm a brown person is that what it is but someone who's not of that of who's not a brown person will never have that question in their head why would they have that question in their head so I, they won't relate to me in the same way that i won't be able to relate to to black people and, and the experiences they have and so to have people are not black in these sort of spaces does feel a bit funny and what is the motivations behind the people that are there in the first place mm. and um pathos does um you know, kind of inadvertently say what I always the one of the first things I always do is okay. First of all, follow, let's follow the money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> follow the money, see where it's going, who's getting it, and it's, if that explains something, that at least probably has something to do with it. Yeah. And if it's not money, then look for power. Who's getting power? Who's getting some sort of kudos or something from it? Mm. And then that normally leads you to why someone is doing what they're doing. Yeah, the normally explains most things, I think. Yeah. And I think before people yeah, yeah. like throw their hands up in the air about that thing, it's not about not being involved. It's just about kind of amplifying voices and, you know, kind of stepping aside and giving those opportunities to people who, you know, to allow them to speak. And it is about mm. being interested. It's not about staying silent, true, but it's about being aware of like, you know, how you can take the space of other people um, and how much um, how much energy it must take for them to kind of voice um, uh, struggles that they have to do. That are, that are everywhere, that are structurally embedded in everything, in everything mm. is exhausting. And mm. so taking mm. a space um, is just another of a many, many, many different micro, macro aggressions. Um, but yeah. Really yeah. Or, and, tr and, and, not, and not trying to explain it away as something else, mm. you know, it's that, that, it's that person's experience and that's it. Um, taking a step away from the kind of serious subject of racism, there was a, a quite a funny tweet I thought I saw when someone said something along the lines of, when you go out with someone who's white, you start turning up to things on time. Uh, through sure. Um, have you, uh, do you find that this is true? <laughs> no. I mean, the thing was, is that, I mean, I, do you know this about me? Like I, I was, ne I was, I'm never on time ever. Um, I'm always late and that's usually fueled by anxiety. So what tends to happen is I'll get to, oh, really? yeah, okay. yeah. So I'll get to almost the destination early and then I linger till it's a bit later because I don't want to be the first one there. Because what happens is mm. you do the thing where when you're the first person there and there's someone else there and you end up talking to them because you're the only two people to talk to one another. And then people turn mm. up and they really want to talk to you and then they ignore you for the rest of the night. I hate that. Um, and I also hate getting, what about when it comes to crash calls? <laughs> I used to run. I used to probably, probably run. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I well, good for you, man. I, I, I never want to be the first one there. Do you know? Yeah. But you get to you do no. CPR and then... No. no, don't like it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, since... So, Joe, yeah, she definitely <laughs> is someone who like... I mean, I find that as an Asian person anyway, my attitude towards start times is always a bit kind of flexible anyway. And so when people tell you to turn yeah. up at seven, actually, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, but they mean eight, right? Nobody turns up at seven. Whereas, <laughs> uh, whenever we go and see our parents, like, it's like, oh, no, no, they mean that time. But then they do say mm. other stuff. Why people do say other stuff and it means other things. And I don't really get it. Um, and but, yeah. I remember there's, there's a meme about like mm. how yeah. when you become an adult, um, your friendships are also like based on convenience, but also like um, when you're meeting up with one another, it's basically a question of trying to weigh up the prospect of fun versus the how, how tired you feel. 
And so um, the kind of friendships you maintain are basically, most of the time it's you saying you're too tired to do stuff, but that's kind of like uh, adult Mm. friendships. And I remember sending it to a group and they were like, oh, does that mean you don't want to see us on Friday? And I was like, what? (laughs) No, it was just a funny meme. But I, was, um, mm. and I, th- I feel like white people. Oops, the timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad timing. I think uh, there was a there was a comedian who did this really uh, funny. Well, uh, I'm not going to deliver it well because they were a comedian, but they said, "You know what we did before we had mobile phones? Is we turned up on time." Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we did. Yeah, and it's so true. Like it, most of the time, when you, you take take your phone out, because I'm running late. I'm running late. I'm running late. But I, I the things the times when I really it, it caught on to me was when we were organizing my sister's wedding. And we had a start time and we were going to we were going to strictly start this on time. Like there was none of this Asian timing. We're going to start on our time. And we did. We were completely to the clock. And then this family turned up like six hours late <laughs> to see everyone leaving. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were like, what is going on? What do you, what, we just got here. I, like, I know you just got here, but we were here at the start time. <laughs> I'm sorry. And they were so baffled. Like, what is this? What kind of wedding is this? Like. No one starts on time. Yeah, yeah, this one did. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, wow. But, you know, That's amazing. Yeah, and they were like, you got, yeah, they were really upset. But, you know, like, what else can you do? You I know? wanted to ask, actually, because that makes mm. me think about the whole um, our reunion thing and whether I definitely yes. won't want to go on time to that. Do you want to meet up beforehand and then go there together? Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, 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 yeah fine. Let's yeah, do it, man. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll, I'll meet up with you somewhere before. Yeah. Should, we, should we try and do like a quick med Twitter meetup, see who else wants to meet Oh, up? yeah, let's or do not. it. <laughs> yeah. I'll be up for that. come with us to the reunion and say, these our entourage <laughs> yeah exactly it. these are our friends <laughs> mentioned friends are back up yeah 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 exactly exactly anyway I think I mean we've come up to an hour haven't we um, and we've kind of been through mo- most subjects haven't we yeah. um, so um, yeah I think I'm going to go back to the last few hours of my holiday uh, Thrusha cool. um, th- thank you as always for I mean you we had a bit of a, a scare earlier today didn't we just uh, about what 10 minutes prior to coming onto the podcast oh god yeah I deleted we, everything yeah yeah what happened yeah so, we like, deleted I think yeah. I, was just, I was just clicking too fast and I basically basically pasted over the Google Keep document where I keep all the gems from the week. I was gutted. I was so angry because yeah. quite a long time putting that together. <laughs> I know. I felt bad. And then I was like, you know what? I should ask if you're okay because I can imagine like you'll be pretty annoyed by so that. I was so angry. Uh, you must have been fuming. I was. And I was like, should we just like not record today I, if you're in a bad mood? I got really close <laughs> to punching my laptop. And then I was like, no, that just hurt oh, me. Really? That hurts me. Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. Well, um, and Med Twitter, as always, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to go back to the rest of my holiday. Yeah, man. And um, hopefully stay out of the storm. I hope I, uh, hope I don't get involved in whatever storm this is. Yeah, know. exactly. Or cool. any Twitter storms. No more Twitter storms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I welcome the Twitter storms. <laughs> you, you, you lot keep going, man. You, you're hilarious to watch in the background while I worry about what shoes I should be wearing. Yeah. You guys are uh, <laughs> at it. <laughs> anyway, cool. All, All right. right. Have a good week, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.